since we're ahead of time, today's sermon will be 42 minutes long. Make yourselves at home, feel comfortable. What a gospel this morning. Today we're in the second week of Luke. As we have talked about in the past, the church uses seasons. So you have a part of the year which we read from Pascha forward, the Gospel of John. Then we go to the Gospel of Matthew. And now the church brings us to the Gospel of Luke. And before you know it, we're in the Gospel of Mark and in Great Lent, believe it or not. Things will move this way. There's a rhythm to the year, spiritually and otherwise. And so today, we come to the Gospel of Luke, the second week, because last week we didn't hear the first Gospel of Luke on account of the fact that it was a great feast, the falling asleep of John the theologian, and that kind of trumped the Gospel reading of Luke because of how we said worthy and important this saint was in the life of the church. So today we turn our attention to the Gospel of Luke. Now, this gospel is not unique in what sense. This is part of what is known affectionately as the Sermon on the Mount. Have any of you heard of the Sermon on the Mount? It's more extensive in writing in the Gospel of Matthew. It's a longer, you know, Jesus is portrayed, if you will, in the Gospel of Matthew as the great rabbi, the great teacher. And so he goes on long discourses. Here, Luke, not only an evangelist, but also we're known, we're told in the Gospels, a doctor, a very educated man, is concise, precise, and whack, punches you right away. And he captured what the Lord said in such a beautiful way. I'm tempted to read it again. Why? because I think my sermon will be absolutely worthless next to the words of Christ himself. So bear with me. The Lord said, as you wish that men would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High. For he, our Lord, is, the, is kind to the ungrateful and the selfish. Be merciful as your Father is merciful. You all may know this as the so-called golden rule. Do unto others what you want them to do to you. Right? You've all heard of the golden rule. The interesting thing is... The way it's written, it's not really a rule. It's the golden command. The Lord said, Kasos, as you wish to be treated, you do 
to other people. There's an act, active side to this statement of Christ. And I know as a biologist, at least when I studied, we would do algorithms, we would create equations and put species, species A, that only did good to the opponent, to its predator, or to the person who was trying to kill it, right? And then we had species B that only would inflict harm on whatever other species it would come into contact with. And then we had species three, which was if it was treated well, it treated the other species well. If it was treated with hurtful stuff, you know, attacking it, it would attack back. And we saw on a graph that those species actually lived the longest over time. They would make it. But isn't that just a very worldly view? I do good to the people who good do, do good to me. I show love to the people that show love to me. I'm kind to the people who do kindness to me. What a very worldly perspective. And many of us will say, this is also interesting, Father, I do kindness all the time to people, and I'm met with anything but kindness. I show a lot of people love and patience, and I get anything but love and patience in return. So I'm not sure about this statement by Christ. And I ask again to read it carefully. Christ does not promise you that things will be just because you do good to other people, you're going to receive good. He says, you can, you know, people say, I'll do the golden rule kind of things, all the things I just enumerated. But if your motive is to do golden rule type of things and to say, if it works, then I'll do it, you're going to be completely disappointed because it doesn't work that way. We even assume and expect people to treat us the way we treat them. And like I said, it's very rare that that happens. So is that what Jesus promised? No. He did not promise that. But what did he promise? He says in another part of the Bible, in Matthew's version, blessed are you, us, when people revile you and when people speak ill of you and people do all kinds of bad things to you on account of me. And what does he say? Rejoice. This does not follow, my beloved friends, any kind of human equation. I'm supposed to rejoice when I'm persecuted, hurt, put down on account of Christ. Why? Because in the second part of the gospel, Jesus elevates the golden rule. He says, don't see it as good for good, but I'm telling you, I'm commanding you that if you want to be my sons and daughters, and if you want your reward to be in the kingdom, he says, then what? I'm telling you to love your enemies. I'm telling you to do good to the people who will never do good to you and to lend to people your generosity of your heart, the generosity of your hearing, your hearts, how you listen to people, to give to that knowing that you may never re 
it may never be returned back to you. So he takes the golden rule, the golden command, and says, that's, that's limited. My sons and daughters, all of us who are struggling in life, we are living for another kind of payback. The payback we seek is not from mere people, my friends. Imagine for a moment if Christ gave back everything that was deserved based on how they treated him. You've heard me say many times, we want the full measure of God's mercy on ourselves. No matter what we do, we want to be forgiven, embraced. We want multiple mulligans. But we want the full measure of God's judgment and justice on other people who hurt us. Lord, forgive me. Lord, punish them. Look what they did to me. We see someone flop and fail. What do we go, huh? Kalana pathi. Good for him. He got what he deserved. How many times have I said, we never get what we deserve from God? Thank God we don't. Because if we did, my friends, none of us would be standing here. Me first. I wouldn't be here. I'd be smoking ashes. I would have been burned. Very good. You know who can see and disclose to all of you how many mulligans I get? It's my wife. You laugh. We had a beautiful afternoon yesterday with some of our couples for the Seeds event. And we talked about love. And we said, love in marriage is not a feeling, my friends. It's a choice. You go into a marriage to bring it home to you today, this Bible. You go into a marriage with a person who's completely imperfect. In the beginning, everything's perfect. But then as the year goes by and a second year, you begin to realize so many imperfections. But you choose to stay with it. You choose to love even the imperfections. And we said that one way to bring our love closer to the, our spouses is by first and foremost looking in the mirror and looking at our own imperfections. When we see our own perfections, we can then begin to embrace the imperfections of others. Because we are not as spectacular as we think we are. In the end of the day, we're all begging for mulligans. In the end of the day, God is saying, you wanna be my Navy SEALs? You wanna be my son? You wanna be my daughter? You gotta follow my example. I was put on a cross. I was crucified. I was the only sinless person to ever walk the face of the earth. I was spit on. I was slapped. He was. I was beaten. I was kicked. I was rejected by my friends. Everyone turned their back on me, except John. You want to be my follower? Because this is the measure of how much we follow Christ today. Are we willing to love our enemies? Are we really willing to do good for the people who never do good to us? 
You know what the greatest challenge of me as a priest is? It's that. Is knowing someone stabbing me in the back and really laying my life down for them and saying to the Lord, I'm willing to die for that person, Lord. That's my struggle. To not love all of you who I know, you know I love you and you guys love me. That's easy. It's to love the unlovable ones. That's where all the money is. Because we're looking for that payday, not in this side of life, my friends. Because when we do close our eyes, because we're, we're all going to close our eyes. You all realize that, right? We're not here forever. We will close our eyes, and we will face the Lord. And that is definitely worth it. And like we said yesterday, everything takes effort. Everything in life, your marriages, raising your kids is intentional. It doesn't just happen. Our life with Christ is intentional. So I ask that we are found worthy to really be called sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. And the Lord said it, and I'll close here. They, all of them out there, will know that you are my disciples without any doubt by the way you love one another. They will know you are my sons and daughters, my mathite, my disciples, my followers, by the way and the measure by which we are willing to love the unlovable ones and to do good to the no good ones and to give generously from our hearts to those who don't deserve to be given generously if we want to be Christ's followers. God bless and keep you.